thing I've noticed with your street work is it seems to be so much about people emerging from shadows. You've got very, very deep shadows. And then in the, in the highlights, there's people kind of emerging from the shadows. Do you have a particular time of day that you prefer to shoot for, for that look? Uh, yes, uh, with time, I kind of think I've developed this style. Um, and it was from starting where very early in the mornings going to uh, work and with the long shadows. And I noticed these incredibly deep shadows where people then emerging from tube stations, doorways or crossing the streets. So it's either very early in the morning, just after golden hour or the same in the afternoon. Um, and that's where I think also you find the vibrancy of the colors and uh, the light, even though uh, very bright, is softer. And right. so, yeah, that's where I hang out in the shadow land. <laughs> so you're, you're shooting before and after work. Uh, do you work in London? I do. I work for a pub company um, and I'm incredibly fortunate in the sense that I have to do a visit a day to a pub. But then uh, prior and after, um, I, I can self-manage my time. So if I want to write a report a bit later, I can shoot a bit in the afternoon. So okay. I tend to walk um, incredibly far and wide, but always seem to end up in Soho at some point through the day. Well, you have this, obviously, this opportunity to photograph that in London. I find London really hard to photograph. I'm not sure if it's because I, I know it well or I'm just incredibly unimaginative when it comes to London, but you, you have so many spots around London that you work within. What are your favourite spots? Uh, Soho, uh, hands down. That's where I feel most at home. And it derives, I think, from uh, around the year 2000. I was running pubs in the area. So I, I lived in Soho and Brewer Street for a few years. Um, didn't photograph at this point anything particularly, um, but that's where I kind of feel it's the true London. It's got a big population of about 25,000 people, so I recognise people when I'm walking up and down the streets there. Um, and also the mismatch of houses, buildings, um, old and new uh, tourists, but also Londoners, travellers. Um, and I feel most at home there, uh, bizarrely, uh, in, in the busier, the better and the happier I am. Okay. Do you ever find you have negative experiences from photographing street stuff where people just don't like having a camera near them? No. Um, I think I've been told off once in my life and that was when I was were with a few other people shooting up uh, in uh, Brick Lane. And I saw a lady coming down from Columbia Road with some flowers and I thought, oh, excellent picture. And I belted over the road and she said she was going to shove the flowers with a sun. Didn't shine. <laughs> and that, that's the one and only time I've had a, um, a negative experience. I think uh, I've, I've learned to hold your camera high and proud. I shoot looking at the uh, screen because I find with my eyesight with age, I can't quite focus through the viewfinder. Um, but I hold it up high and I, I kind of look a bit like a bumbling tourist, I guess. And I think it's... Uh, non-threatening and I think in in this instance being a female photographer um people are not feeling threatened even if they think and they're always a bit dubious did I get did she photograph me or not or I, I look further down the street and I just carry on I always found that um when I take a picture of someone I just stay facing so if they're walking like past me I'll stay facing where they were mm. and keep 
like looking like I'm taking a picture past them. And that was my only way. When I came in, I was so nervous about photographing people on the street, which is so ridiculous because I've been photographing people for quite a while. Um, but I just sort of, I, so I've got a skinhead and I'm, I basically look like a crime watch photo fit. So I have to be a bit careful because I think I can look like I'm up to no good in some <laughs> cases. But I was very nervous when I first started. When you first started photographing street stuff, were you nervous? Oh, incredibly so. Um, and, and initially when I started out photographing, it was more the iconic London sites and, you know, the light and the cherry blossom and kind of all that. And it was after a while I realized I was more interested in the people in these images, but I felt... Um, I felt I didn't want them to look at me and I didn't want them to think I was photographing them. So I kind of then, uh, I probably looked really dodgy then, you know, shooting from the hip rather than kind of out and proud. Um, but I learned with time that the more confident and relaxed you are, uh, the less people care about you. Confidence is a huge thing. I actually completely agree. I found with with photographing weddings, that was the biggest thing was when I stopped looking like I cared what people thought about me taking pictures. I just got infinitely better pictures. So the confidence is a huge thing. Um, I want to switch to on your website, you have a window to the street as one of your sort of subsections where you're, mm. I, I'll let you describe what you're doing there. But um, one thing I want to ask you about it is, um, do you go out specifically to photograph that particular sort of series or is it just something that if the opportunity calls? Um, it depends on the weather and what I'm doing, but sometimes it's with that in mind and sometimes not, I guess. Sometimes it's opportunities to walk past something and I see something, a good reflection or layers um, uh, working on it. And I'm just very fascinated uh, by the whole concept of a window leading either in or out uh, of a building. It's, it's the soul of the street, I find. Um, you're looking into someone's world or people are inside looking outside on the world. Um, and so sometimes conscious and sometimes not, I guess. <laughs> I think one thing that I really love about the window um, series, the window to the street series, is just the fact that the windows add an extra layer of narrative. Um, so there's so much more um, interest. It almost feels like... Um, it's hard to describe. It feels like a, the shot before a shot in a movie, like you're about to get the window into the tight on the scene. It's a, it's just a really cool look. I really like it. It's very cinematic. Oh, thank you. It, 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 it emerged. It, it wasn't meant to be a series to start with, but then I was looking through my images and I think I have certain themes going through a range of, of my work. So I have then, yeah, windows of the street and, and it was that fascination of walking. And this is all times of, of during the day. It's not just in, in these golden hours or pre or after it's through the whole day and at night and just having these, uh, incredible little framed stories going on at, at that moment, a snapshot where you're kind of looking at the inside, but also reflecting the outside. And sometimes you see me in it as well. Sometimes it works and sometimes not. But it's that, yeah, as you say, it's a multi-layered uh, depth to, to an image that, that I like. 
Um, so one of my, well, pretty much my favorite photographer is a gentleman called Ross Harvey, uh, mostly for his wedding work. Um, I'm an enormous Ooh. fan, but but he also does street work, which is kind of not so well known about, but he has this fantastic ability to um, include depth within the scene. And there's, there's a couple of images of yours that really look like they were taken by him, where there's graffiti on the wall in the background and there's a man crossing a road. And then you're photographing the mirrors on a motorbike. So what's in the mirrors on the motorbike is in is sort of in focus and then the background's out but not completely out. So there's kind of this interesting depth to the image. With an image like that and just, I guess, just generally speaking, how planned are you when you go out to shoot? Is it something where you're really like you're going out to capture one particular thing or one particular feeling or for one particular series? Or do you just go out and just see what, what you're given by the street? It all depends. Um, that one particularly is up in Camden. Um, and I, when I walk through this, I, I always, when I walk sometimes from Hampstead to Charing Cross, I always do a little tour around Camden to see what new street art is up and, you know, the people, the market and all that. And this, this particular one, I always look for a new mural to see what's going on. And I had noticed, um, the bikes always lined up there and I did a shot that I wasn't quite happy with. And I actually went back and that one that I, that you mentioning was a reshoot of something I had then in my mind, how I wanted it to work and with a different light and then to incorporate someone walking past. So that took me a while because I stood there. I kind of had planned it, but then also it depends on who walks past and what's going on, maybe the bike wasn't there, but as it happens, there, there are always bikes there. So I think I've done a couple of different variations of that one. Um, sometimes when I'm on my own and, and I know something specific, I go out in the morning to shoot uh, reflections in the rain, for example, the pavement, because I know the weather is going to be like that. But then I might then do sidetrack and end up doing uh, window shots and laid shots instead. <laughs> so it's it's very much depending on how the day goes. Are there any parts of London that you're not particularly keen on photographing that are maybe a bit touristy and overshot? Or is it all just kind of open season when it comes to London? Um, I quite like all areas because I think it depends on you what you capture. Um, so... It, the style of shooting I do, I don't think it necessarily depends on where you are. I'm not that keen maybe where I live in southeast London, um, more that I maybe come across someone or their parents or, you know, my my, my daughter's uh, friend's parents or something like that kind of cropping up on my Instagram feed. So I keep away from, from that area. But otherwise, um, you know, I, I walk everywhere and I adore London. Um, even be it Camden, Shoreditch, Greenwich, Soho. I have to say I'm not photographing that much in West London, but that's only because I live southeast. So anything goes. But as I said, West End is my, that's where my heart lies, I think. Are there any cities worldwide that you'd love to go and visit and photograph? I've never been to New York and I thought this was the year I was going to go, <laughs> but it's not looking like that uh, at all, unfortunately. A uh, bit gutted about that, but I have shot in Amsterdam, Bangkok, uh, Barcelona, um, and any city um, 
oh, it's it's amazing to discover and just walk with your cameras for hours. It's uh, that's my happy, my absolute happiness is to just walk around and explore. So I normally start off with this question, but I guess now's as good a time as any. How did you get started with photography and what kind of made you want to become a photographer? Um, my parents said that apparently from an early age, I was always interested and I had one of those, you know, uh, cheap film cameras and you sent off your role with 24 or 36. Um, and I, I didn't necessarily take the photos of friends. It was more different angles. I was a skateboarder, so it was very different kind of bits you did there. Um, and then I had the Sony little, you know, one of those cheap ones, holiday shots. And I, about 12 years ago, I came across, um, some money from an old company. They kind of, I think it was an old insurance or something. And I said to my husband, this is money I did not expect to have. So I'm going to buy a DSLR. And he said, go for it, you know, have fun. And, um, from a hobby, it became almost an obsession and very quickly, um, it became a huge part of my life. And more than anything, it helped with my anxiety. I realized when I was photographing and exploring and, and working on this, um, I felt better and happier from it. And I was very lucky. I got a couple of commercial jobs with an ad agency, which were jobs shot through the eye of a street photographer for their advertising. Um, so it, it kind of escalated quite quite quickly. Um, and I'm very lucky to be able to do it on the side and have a normal job as well. I think the people that get into photography and it doesn't turn into an obsession, I think they might be psychopaths because I feel like everyone normal that starts with photography, it should become an obsession pretty quickly. It did for me. Yes. It's incredible how that just eats up your, your life and how you just want more, more all the time. Yeah, it's so bizarre. I find myself even now um, stuck at home, you know, can't get out. Really, for anyone, I think this has been kind of the collective irony of this is that everyone always bemoans not having free time. And now we've got an abundance of free time. And I'm just pissed off that I'm not out working and taking pictures. I'm exactly the same. I'm struggling a bit here, I must say. Um, I don't want to go out on the high street, as I said, here where I live. I, I don't want to capture uh, this area. And... I do a couple of hours walk in the woods in the morning and it's uh, squirrels and bluebells. <laughs> and it, it, it's not really something I enjoy that much anymore shooting. Um, so I go through backlogs and stuff, but yeah, all this free time and I'm thinking, God, I could be out on the streets and I could capture so much. And it's funny you mentioned earlier, you know, to go through bits and bobs and work, work on things and clear out the computer. And I'm thinking I wanted to maybe make a start on a coffee table book or something like that. But then with the weather being the best it's ever been, comfies with sitting indoors by the computer as well. Yeah, it's it's just, I think it's just an incredibly frustrating time as much as anything. Obviously, scary time for a number of reasons, but more than anything, most of your time is just, or at least in my case, is just spent being frustrated staring out the window. With regards, let's quickly just touch on your sort of post-processing and your, your image reviewing. Mm. Um, how many images are you taking when you're out shooting in, in sort of a rough shot? And how many of those are, you know, what's your hit rate like? How many good images to the total number of images that you're taking? <laughs> um I shoot a lot. So say I'm out a full day, I'll probably come back with 1,500 to 2,000 images. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not 
well, happy, I'm probably with 10 of those. Okay. The ones that I really like and probably would put on my feed. Then I leave them and I'll go back after a while. And then I maybe find another 10, 15 that I'm thinking, oh, I've, I've matured and uh, in my thinking or maybe I'm realizing some details in, a, in an image I didn't see initially, um, something in the foreground, background or colors or light. Um, so it's not that much, but I was quite reassured to hear that a lot of the big names, they, they do similar, they shoot uh, thousands, but then maybe only happy with 10, 20. If that. And when you're actually out photographing, do you know when you've taken one that you're going to like before you see it on the computer? Yeah, ninety percent. I think you know. Ah, oh, I had that. But then you come home and sometimes you realize you miss the focus, yeah. or you know something swished past you, thinking, "No, that would have been a brilliant one." Um, but yeah, in my mind, I already know when I've I've kind of especially with the lights or if you shoot silhouettes mixed with shadows and people. Um, and when it all suddenly aligns, say I've stood and been hunting in a corner, I like the backdrop, I like the light, but then I'm kind of wanting people to walk into the frame where I want them to want and I want them to be interesting people. And sometimes it just suddenly aligns and happens and oh, it's the best feeling. When you then come home and look at the computer and you think, yes, it worked. Are you someone that likes to leave a sort of space of time before you go and start actually editing images? Or do you kind of get excited about those initial ones and get them straight out? Oh, yeah, I get, I immediately upload them and have a look. And I want to have a look at those, that handful that kind of sung to me when I was out there. Um, And then I quickly maybe put one or two up, but then I hold back and I wait. Um, and actually, weirdly now, uh, having this time, I've gone through a backlog and I think, oh, I've overlooked uh, a few here and there that maybe because I was so excited about the ones that I I thought I'd nailed, if you see what I mean. Mm-hmm. I, I quickly overlooked maybe a few that, that were all right and were I'm very happy with now afterwards. So maybe I'm not spending enough time looking at my images afterwards. That's a learning taken from this. <laughs> I'm having to f- sort of fight my own preference on this. Um, I'm not someone that talks extensively about camera gear, but it's something I want to try and include more and more in uh, the podcast. So what are you taking with you when you go out to photograph street stuff? I take my X-T2 and my 35 1.4. That's pretty much all I have and five batteries. <laughs> yeah, um, I have. Uh, I have several other lenses, but I'll just come back to this one. I just adore um, the light, the bokeh. Yeah, yeah, it's just easy. And I have my settings, go to settings. Um, I tend to go to and um, at night, I have to say, though, maybe I take my 56 mil out um, because it's, it's good in the low light. And if it's incredibly bright, I found when I was on holiday in Thailand, the 23 is quite good, the two. Um, because it's so incredibly bright. Um, but yeah, I don't use a lot of gear. <laughs> um, so perfect example, you're using an X-T2. Now, obviously, since then, they've had the X-T3. And I think they've tried to release the X-T4 in time for the Olympics. And then obviously, that's all kind of been a bit of a hilarious um, mm-hmm. backfire. Um, 
not that I'm uh, in any way gear shaming, but I'm curious because I'm always fascinated by people that stick with certain cameras. Um, why do you stick with the X-T2 and not go for the upgrades? Do the upgrades not carry anything that you want? Um, I don't know. I, I had the X-T1, went to X-T2. Um, I've had it for a couple of years now and I'm happy with it and I'm happy with the output. So I'm, I'm kind of feeling, I don't feel the need to spend the money on that at the moment. Um, rather than maybe in, invest in another lens and try that. See, I think this is where camera companies are terrified of female photographers because male photographers are so desperate to have the new shiny thing so they can show all their friends. Whereas female photographers, I think, tend to be more rational with their purchases and that terrifies camera companies. Yeah, I think you're right there. Uh, a lot of the female photographers that I've uh, met um, and befriended uh, over the last couple of years we pretty much stick to what we have. Might be you try a different brand now and again, but then you go back to what you have because you're happy with it and you know what it does. It's familiar. Um, but then also, I don't know, I find less female photographers maybe are brand ambassadors. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so I think, I don't know, we're happy with what we have <laughs> and we get out there. Yeah, I think um, like I think they've always said there's an amazing um, article I think by Jordan Peterson where he talks about men like things and women like people and and generally speaking I think that carries over pretty well. There's obviously going to be exceptions, but I think men are so obsessed with having just the newest thing that they're not particularly bothered about using it. I think most photography forums are just full of slightly bitter men that have the shiniest equipment but don't do anything with it. Maybe I'm being a bit harsh there. No, I, I think you're quite right. And I mean, I must say, when I go to uh, the shops or, you know, at the Fuji opening of the, the shop in uh, Seven Acres, uh, Long Acres, sorry, um, it was predominantly men that were then uh, lifting up all the new gear and, oh, I need to upgrade and I need to get this and I need to get that. And um, I kind of felt um, I didn't need to. It's not broken what I have. And I, I want to... I don't know, familiarized. I'm happy with what, what I have. Obviously, if something went wrong with it, I probably would go for the, for the three or the four, um, because why not? It's a newer model. But then I'm not sure, would it be better necessarily? I don't know. A lot of the newer features on cameras, I actually talked to Kevin Mullins about this, that we're kind of hitting a plateau with cameras where I don't think there's much more room for them to improve. It's just about simplifying them. And I think there's going to come a point where mobile phones and cameras almost meet each other because we're trying to simplify cameras and sort of add extra features to mobile phones. And we're getting towards a scary uh, idea of just anybody being able to use anything, which I don't really like. I like there to be a little bit of a um, a learning curve to using a camera. Um, but so much of the modern features are geared towards video um, and sort of people that are either hybrid shooters or shoot a lot of video um, regardless. I haven't seen any video work of yours. I'm assuming you don't shoot video. Um, does it ever frustrate you that there are so many video features to a camera that you want for stills? Yeah, because I kind of feel that it's taken up a necessary space and memory and, and kind of on, on the camera. Keep it separate. If you're a videographer, you have your videography stuff, uh, video camera, and, and I kind of feel then simplify and, and, and use the features for a good camera uh, for that. Um, yeah, I just, it's unnecessary buttons and space in the camera, <laughs> me personally. But for someone who does both, obviously that, that works really well for them. 
Well, I think what I just what I discussed with uh, Kevin was just the idea that, say, the X Pro line you keep as entirely stills, and you have the XT line as the hybrid, and then at least people have the option if they only want to do stills. There is a there is a range that does only stills, and it frees up the sort of ergonomic space and also the memory in the camera. I just I don't think people use video as much as sort of you would be led to believe by camera companies. There's just not that much video stuff being uploaded compared to stills. Um, it seems like a very bizarre time. Yeah, I, I, I don't see that much videos at all, um, not from street photographers. And I mean, frankly, when you look at people, what they're doing in the stories on social media and stuff, it's just on their phones. Like you said, these days that they're, they're cramming all the technique into the smartphones these days. They're almost taking over in, in that um, sense. Um, talking about phones, you are um, a, a moderator for London Visionaries? Oh, yeah. Yes. So what is London Visionaries for the unknowing? Um, it's it's a hub on Instagram um, that was started by, um, it must be about four years ago now, by three guys. Um and it's more to it's to embrace London, um, and it's a hub where we, as moderators, just showcase uh, people's shots of London models, uh, shoots in London. So it could be anything. It's the iconic views. Um, it's the uh, it's a mix of um, yeah, people, um, places, and events. Um, like, you know, say the light shows in that they did in um, Canary Wharf or, you know, in Battersea, et cetera. Um, and only about, um, I think it's six to eight months ago, we also do a special feature for, for camera phone shots as well at the weekends. So because there's a lot of very skilled um, photographers on on phones. So to sort of move this towards a conclusion, uh, something I always want to find out from people is the, the photographers that inspire them, who their favourite photographers are. Um, so who are those in your case? Um, early on, I drew um, a lot of inspiration from, uh, you know, the classics like Cartier, Bresson, Vivian Meyer, Dorothy Baum as well with her colour, John Maverick's. But, you know, moving forward now, um for street, it's more, um, I'm very taken by Julia Coddington, for example, one, um, it does women in street, um, Becky Francis, Matt Stewart, Eric Kim, Nick Turpin, Rosa Wolf. Uh, it's more of the modern, quite, um, colorful photography that I like. And also, uh, there's a lot, there's so many in different genres, um, I drew inspiration from a lot of people out there, young and old. One thing I did really notice with your website is that you're very, very selective with when you are photographing in black and white or when you are processing in black and white. Um, what does a, a scene have to have or not have for you to decide that it's a black and white scene? I think it's um, an expression potentially in someone's face or a texture um, that it's it's something with the black and white scale that that can bring out that maybe the color can't um, because I shoot quite colorful and and blocks of color or linking colors together in my uh, backdrops and foredrops and people but if I if I feel it's uh, it's lovely in black and white if it's just maybe something simple to bring it out mm -hmm. um, yeah it's far and few in between uh, but it's often people 
particularly, I think, portraits, street portraits. There's a lot of uh, sort of unwritten rules about street photography, and I've talked about this in previous podcasts. Are there any rules that you set yourself when you go out and shoot about, you know, not taking certain images in a certain way or not maybe shooting in burst mode or anything like that? Are there any rules that you have for yourself? Not particularly. Um, I don't like shooting um, rough sleepers or, or people that are in a compromised situation where I feel, you know, they've not chosen to be there. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to exploit that. Um, if I was doing potentially a documentary work for something that's different, but not just to kind of shoot um, because it's an easy target and then put up on my feet. That, that would be the only rule. Okay. Otherwise, I think if if there are moments with bursts, maybe you are shooting, um, you know, I did a lot of uh, ex- um, Extinction Rebellion, for example, burst mode might be good then because you're trying to capture something or, you know, so rules are there to be broken, frankly, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think. <laughs> oh, I absolutely agree with you. I think um, it's, there's a, there's a weird thing with photography and it seems to be a lot of different genres where there are sort of gatekeepers that are telling other people how they should and shouldn't do something. And most of the things that they dictate, you can't tell from the photo. So like if you do shoot in burst mode and there's there's an unwritten rule that you shouldn't be doing that, but you capture a photo that everybody loves, people will just say, oh, that's a great capture because they're not going to see the pictures either side. So you're fine. That's the whole point is to capture the moment. And if that's the method yeah. that gets you to the moment, then it seems to be the right thing to do. I don't understand why there would be certain restrictions in place. It just seems to be for the sake of hindering other photographers. I agree fully. Uh, Everyone developed their style and how they want to capture something. And it's the image in the end that you put out there. Um, I guess if you have completely changed the picture from what it was and you're applying a, a lot of Photoshop and it's digitally merged with something else, several images, I think maybe then... Or you should then be honest and say, you know, it's it's a composite a, a comp- of, of different things. But otherwise, it's it's your style and and it's in the eye of the beholder. I think just what makes you happy and makes you grow as a photographer. Rules are yeah. Oh, I think people have too much time on their hand when they set out <laughs> rules what you should and shouldn't do there. Okay, so last extremely broad question I want to ask you before we finish up. What is it that you love about street photography? I love that it's it's a snapshot of time there and then that you're freezing and, and you're documenting. Um, and also, for me, it brings in incredibly... Uh, a lot of happiness with it. I mentioned earlier that um, I have anxiety um, and photography is, is something that's helped me through and empowered me to, to go out there, become stronger, um, meet people um, and have brought um, art, um, a creative something for me to express myself with. Um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, happiness. And here at home, you know, I have such a support. I'll say to my husband sometimes, you know, I can disappear a whole weekend in different areas of London and photograph either alone or, or with other people. And I said, you know, is it bothering you? And he said, no, if anything, it makes me happy to see you, uh, happy when you come back, all excited, telling me of, 
what you've seen, who have you met, what you shot, and show me the images of, of London. That's amazing. That's a beautiful thing to hear. <laughs> I want to make sure that everyone knows where they can find you. So what are your social media links and your website and so on? Uh, it's uh, Swendel UK is for, um, for Instagram. And then my website, it's uh, smphotography.london. Amazing. It's been absolutely uh, such a privilege to talk to you. Um, I'm so glad that I, I think... Um, one of the, the best parts about doing this podcast is just getting to hear different people's perspectives and just hearing that story about your husband being so supportive is something that really puts a smile on my face. It's, I'm very fortunate to be in a similar position. My wife's incredibly supportive of what I do. So that's been the, my favorite part of this. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Oh, thank you so much, Chris. It's been uh, an absolute honor to, uh, to talk to you today. Uh, thank you for having me.